You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 361 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm usually here with Gina Militia, but for the first time ever, Gina's having some time off. She's lost her voice and has got some kind of laryngitis or something, so I am flying solo this week. This has never happened. This is quite a shock to me. And I think regular listeners will know that um, this is something that hasn't happened before. So we have a great episode for you regardless. So even though Gina isn't on the podcast, she is, you will hear her because she recorded this interview with photographer Rebecca Martin before she lost her voice. So we can still bring you some awesome value bombs in this episode. Now, before we go on to this episode, I thought I would talk about a couple of things about photography and especially when photographing interiors or travel. Now, I mentioned that because I have commissioned a lot of photographers in my time in magazines who have done interiors or travel photography. Now, the thing with interiors and travel, the thing that I found that sets photographers apart, apart from obviously technical ability and making sure that the images follow the brief and all that kind of thing, are the value adds. Now, value adds are those things that can be summarized in not only, you know, your service and your responsiveness, but in a simple thing that I call insets. So really, the close-up shots. Often, A photographer without a great deal of experience might do beautiful landscape photography for their travel pictures and there'll be these incredible sunsets and wonderful panoramas and beautiful shots of mountains and incredible shots of seascapes and villages and, and, you know, um, old ancient towns and stuff like that and they're all beautiful, sure, but... When it comes to something like travel, it's actually the close-up shots. It's the interesting little tidbits of the hands of the villager um, who makes their own pottery or the close-up shots even of the poppies um, at the Somme as opposed to a big landscape at the Somme. It's the close-up shots of the craggy face of... um, the the person in that ancient town. It's the close-up shots of the food for travel photography. With interiors, often you would see, you know, these really great wide shots of the house. Um, You might even see drone footage these days. Uh, you'll see wide shots of the of rooms to show how big and expansive the rooms are, wide shots of the lounge and the sofa and all that kind of stuff. 
but it's the little shots of the tchotchkes, of the, the vase, of the dog next to the beautiful cushion, of the beautiful plants next to the lemons that also bring variety to the page and give a little bit more of an insight into the human who lives in that interior. So just thought I'd mention that because, well, really because I'm flicking through this new interiors book that I bought the other day and, um, and, and I'm seeing how they've got this great combination of the wide shots, but also the small inset shots. So a real value add I found when I was commissioning a lot of photographers is the photographers who fulfilled the brief, provided all of those great hero shots, but also provided some of those really gorgeous inset shots, some of which I ended up being used as hero shots or featured shots because they were the things that really brought the article to life. So that's my tip for the week. All right, we want to give a big shout out too to everyone in the gold community who have been getting extensive coaching with Gina. So even though she's lost her voice, she can still type. And if you're in the gold community, uh, you'll you'll know that you can ask any question in, the, in there and Gina is really generous with her constructive critiques, but also her responses and her advice to any dilemmas that you're experiencing or any issues that you're experiencing, whether it's to do with your shoot or whether it's to do with post-production. This week, a lot of the Goldies have been nailing the high-end portrait lighting using Gina's Zero to Hero protocol, which she's been rolling out in the Gold community. So this is so fantastic to see because a lot of the Gold members are creating commercial quality lighting using a single speed light and a shoot through umbrella. And what's fantastic and the feedback that we're getting is that this is happening in a matter of hours, not weeks or years. You know, I know some photographers who have relied on daylight for decades and it's taken them this long to actually embrace lighting. Uh, because they just uh, they're just more comfortable with daylight, and that's fine if the daylight is at the ideal daylight situation for you every every single time you want to shoot. But that's not necessarily the case. I used to work with a food photographer, and she would miss her deadlines to me, so I would commission um, uh, you know the food photography, and she would miss her deadlines to me because she could only shoot daylight. And if, you know, the food was ready, if she had to do it on a day where the daylight wasn't ideal, she had to wait until the weather changed. So that wasn't ideal, needless to say. You know, I did use it for a while because when the daylight was great, her photography was fantastic. I will say that. However, I couldn't afford her missing deadlines and I had to go with a photographer who was, you know, more reliable. Um, and was able to use lighting. But what I'm loving seeing is that there are some people who have relied on daylight for so long, and now they're using Gina's Zero to Hero protocol with high-end portrait lighting, and they're getting results so quickly, and now they're embracing lighting. So absolutely fantastic to see that. Now, if you're wondering a little, uh, if you're wondering about the gold community and what it's all about, have a listen to this. This podcast is brought to you by the Gold Community. If you're wondering what it's like to be a member of the Gold Community over at GinaMilitia.com, I asked 
Heather Humphrey, why she joined. When I found the podcast, there was a lot of learning. And then when you offered the gold community, I was, I was, I jumped right on it. Knowing that the resources are there. I may not be able to do anything today, but I know that I can get into the computer or I need to do something with my images. I can search for a tutorial if I'm doing post editing and get a refresher. You know, I reach out to the community and, hey guys, help me out. I can't think anymore. What should I do? What can I do? And I got several great ideas. Those resources are there. Those people are there to support me anytime I need them. You have always responded every time we ask a question and the feedback when I send in the critique, they have been spot on and you always have great suggestions and you point me in different directions and they have been nothing but positive. I have the confidence now to that I can charge other people for my services and and provide them with images that I know that they value as well. It's amazing. If you'd like to find out more about the Gold community, head to ginamilitia.com and click on Memberships. All right, on to this week's topic. This week, it's all about it's never too late to start a photography business with our guest, Rebecca Martin. This is so awesome because Rebecca is a mother of eight and wait for it, a grandmother of 11, (laughs) 11 kids. So she picked up a camera to start recording her babies. She's a founding Gold member and has used Gina's teachings in the Gold community to develop her awesome group images. And she's great at posing groups because she's got so many people in her family that she's had to master this. She also runs a successful wedding and portrait business and has started working with her daughter, Lena. So in this interview, Gina and Rebecca chat about Rebecca's early years, joining the gold community and getting serious about taking her images to the next level, working with her daughter as the second shooter, the lessons she's learned from her first wedding and also posing and directing large groups and the importance of pre-planning shoots. I think that this is so important. I, a lot of, I've, I've dealt with wedding photographers who have just quite frankly, no good at posing groups and the bride and groom have been very disappointed um, by, by the group shots in the end. It's confounding to me because this, as a wedding photographer, when there's groups uh, everywhere, it's so vital to be able to nail this. Uh, Gina and Rebecca also talk about the importance of the one percenters, you know, those, those things that just going to take your photography to the next level and, um, give you an edge over other photographers. Also, they talk about creating high end images using budget gear, because most of us don't have an unlimited supply of money where we can um, buy the the top range of everything, but that's okay because you can still achieve a high-end result on a budget. And Rebecca also talks about how she uses creativity to take her work to the next level and a lot more. I hope you enjoy this chat with Rebecca Martin. Rebecca Martin, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, so good to be with you. Excited to chat to you. Um, Before we start, one thing I always ask my guests, where in the world are you? I'm in Wisconsin in the United States. So it's in Racine, which is between Milwaukee 
and Chicago, Illinois. And we were just talking off air about the fact that I absolutely love Milwaukee and I had <laughs> one of the best experiences of my life eating custard ice cream at Leon's. Oh, my God. The queue there was like, it must be the place to go. This is I, next level. I, like, I know it's a big deal <laughs> over there and, like, your cheese is amazing. The landscape there is amazing. So it's super exciting to connect with you, Rebecca. We've, um, we've known each other for a while. I think you're one of my foundling gold community members. When did you discover the podcast and how does someone, how does a, like a grandmother of 11 discover, from Wisconsin, discover an Aussie <laughs> chick from Melbourne on a podcast? Um, actually, I found your books first. Right. So I read your books and then joined the gold and it was, in the gold that people were talking about the podcast. Oh, so right. kind of around, you know, went backwards. <laughs> so I only have 60 more to listen to and I'm caught up. Oh, wow. You still haven't <laughs> caught up. Yeah. So we're like, we're nearly up to 400, Rebecca. So like, that's, <laughs> right. a, that's a fine <laughs> effort. Now, you and I are about the same age, but you have worked a lot harder than me, I feel, because... Get this, eight children and 11 grandchildren. What's that like? I don't know any different. Yeah, right. <laughs> Amazing. Just like the, the biggest family and it's like you. we were chatting off air and it's like one thing I love about your work is your ability to create these gorgeous group shots right? And I guess having, when you've got eight kids and 11 grandchildren, there's a lot of people at all the gatherings. How often do you gather as a large family? Is that a regular thing? No, because three of our children are out of state. Right. So the last time we were all together was last September. Mm -hmm. And actually that was the first time that all of our children were under the same roof. Or right. slept under the same roof at yeah. the same time. It was amazing. It would be. It would be sensational. And then, like, when you're all together, you will mark that occasion with a, a, a family portrait, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And what's that like where everybody knows you? What are the challenges of doing that? And how do you <laughs> overcome those challenges? You just have to be really bossy? That's right. <laughs> I tell them what time and to be ready, and I – pre-visualize where they're going to be yeah, right. and how they're going to pose. And then I put them there. Fantastic. And you do it so well. We're going to we'll dive into that sort of process uh, a bit deeper later, but I just want to get a, a sense of who you are and how you came to this, because it's just like in the last two years, you've kind of become really serious about your photography and, uh, and growing that. And like, you know, it's always been, uh, a great little business that we've been um, nurturing along for the last uh, few years, but now, like, you know, we're getting sort of really serious about it, which is super exciting. But this is something that kind of started, I guess, later in life. And this is the, these are the kind of stories that I love because I know there are a lot of listeners who have probably had, you know, um, a lifetime in another sector. Photography has always been something that's uh, been 
like maybe a hobby or a wish, but like they haven't quite had the the courage to pull the trigger and go to the go to the next level like you have. So can you just give us like a little bit of background? How did photography come into your life and why photography? Was it something that was a hobby early on? How did that look? Oh, um, I took a photography class in high school. Right. And I loved it. Of course, then it was film. Mm-hmm. And we were even, you know, we even played in the dark room. And the next, you know, the following year, I went in as an assistant because I couldn't take the class again. Right. So I just thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, a year after I graduated high school, my husband and I married. And very quickly, we had our first child. And I told him, I need a real camera. So I got a SLR, which was wonderful. Again, film, fully manual. No problem, except when your child grows and is moving all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) Once you have everything set, it's, you know, they've moved and it's out of focus. So (laughs) that didn't work very well. I was very glad when digital came out, but it took me some time to um, to get the money to buy a digital camera. Yeah, right. So this is like you've got how many kids at this point? You're just having babies, like have ba- eight eight babies. There was probably one <laughs> like, every couple of years, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're probably um, well, pregnant for like 20 years straight. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, there are spaces between yeah. them, so... But eight is just like a fine effort. It's outstanding. Like, you know, like two and I was like, yeah, that's that's hard work. But that's like hard... two, how do you, like, how does it work when there's eight? Like, is there, like, because I thought the challenge for me was getting them both in the bath and the turning point for me was when my youngest could sit in the bath. I just felt like that was a big deal, right, and I could finally cope. But I don't remember a lot of that time. How does eight work? Do they end up helping each other and is it just Absolutely. like right? Okay. Yeah. So two is the hardest is because it? you just yes, you just doubled the amount of work. Yeah. Once once you have the third, you have the first one helping. Yep. So and then it goes on, they're each helping. So it's really two is the hardest. So when you've got <laughs> The so at the moment there's the course that you did in high school. There's the love of photography, and then there's also a desire to capture the children growing up. So that's the kind of the love of photography. Does it go any further? Do you like kind of pursue more courses? And uh, you know, is this well, like digital around two, the year two thousand or a little bit later? Um, yeah, it was later. Yeah. Um, my uh, some of my children were very interested in theater. So I even took that film camera to the theater and did that. Uh, It was hmm, probably 2011 that I did some, I became a trained tester for Johnson's Wax. Right. And that was using my nose. They trained my nose for smells. Yes. 
You're so, like, you've got superpowers. Right. That's a big deal. Like, you could work for Perth. Like, that's huge. Like, that's – I've never met anyone with this superpower. How does that – how do you know about this? Like, how do you discover that you just have a better nose than everyone else? Oh, they tested a, a lot of us and those of us that were superior got you this see, you've job. You've got a superior <laughs> nose. Is that on your resume? That should be on your photography bio <laughs> stat. I have a superior nose. So you can notice the little – like you – if you sip wine, can you say, mm, I noticed the berry and the, that's a bit of walnut there. Is that you? You can do that? Um, it's more with smells. Yeah, right. Yeah. What's the most offensive smell to you? Because, like, you know, <laughs> is there a particular I cologne? Really that... I didn't really get into mail orders. Yeah. Orders. It was more um, we did florals, citruses, ozonic, um, herbal smells, woody smells, that kind of thing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, so how does that through, like, work with photography, being a trained yeah. tester? <laughs> Well, through that, I was able to save the money for the digital camera. Ah. So my nose brought me to my eyes, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. So, okay, so you've got the, the camera, and, and now what, what's the thought process? Um, I was – I d- took pictures of the children in the theater, and I was, I was actually a producer – for their theater summer theater program, uh-huh. and I did the photography for it. And a year later, no, I did take a class at the with a local photographer because I never had digital before. Yep. So I said, okay, let's get a refresher and learn about the digital. So I did that, and then. Um, a year later, I was approached by a friend of one of the other moms in the theater to shoot her wedding. <laughs> wow. Okay. So what yeah, was that like? Yeah. Okay. So what um, year are we talking? I was approached in 2012. Okay. So I had the camera one year. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tell us about so, that. The first hmm? wedding is always a nightmare. Oh, I had no idea. So I went back to this photographer and talked to him about it. And he gave me a wedding class, which was basically we sat down and went over what you do at a wedding and what equipment you need. Uh-huh. Okay, that <laughs> sounds good. That sounds like a great class. <laughs> Except I didn't have any experience. <laughs> <laughs> so I did... As much as I could, I observed other photographers. And in that time, my mom introduced me to a friend of hers who was an 85-year-old retired photographer. So he, he came over, and I thought he was going to help me figure out this wedding, but instead he's showing me how to edit pictures. Okay. But uh, he didn't use Photoshop or anything. He just used <laughs> used the Canon Connect. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
Yeah, I'm going, all right, fine. <laughs> and then he said, you should, you know what you really need is to buy my equipment. Oh, of course. <laughs> went, and how do I do that? <laughs> so my mom, my mom asked me, so what do you think of that price for his, uh, you know, his gear? And I says, well, it's a very good price, but I don't have the money. And her husband had just died. She says, how about I loan you the money? You can pay me back. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. So your mom invested in you. That's beautiful. So so you got this retired photographer's entire kit. (laughs) Yeah, except um, (laughs) we're going to meet up and I was going to pay him for it. And (laughs) as we were talking, I just felt like I was cutting off his arm. Oh, really? And he didn't talk to his wife about this. I says, oh, no, no. You go home. You pray about it and talk to your wife. (laughs) Then let me know. (laughs) So within a week, he got back to me and he says, yes. Right. You're the one one that's supposed to have this. You're the chosen one. That's fantastic. Okay. So you've got a beautiful new kit. How did the wedding go? It was very interesting. Mm. <laughs> I learned a lot. Yeah. I think the main thing I learned is that I have to be in control. Right. I can't, I cannot let them step on me because once one time, then it's over. As in they take, you hesitate and they take control, yep. which happens a lot, yep. right? Yes. Yep. Yep. So Good. that was a big lesson I learned there. Right. And did you feel like you were able to assert yourself? I don't imagine you being not able to assert yourself somehow. Oh, it was really hard. Yeah, right. It was, for me, it was really hard. Um, I also learned that you have to be prepared because anytime something goes wrong, such as this one, the bride could not get her dress zipped up it fell on me (laughs) I had to go in and help her you know right okay she's freaking out at her mom and it's like calm down it's okay so your first bride was a bit of a bridezilla (laughs) Uh, yeah once she got past actually getting married she was fine okay great so the rest of the time was fine (laughs) all right so but this is part of being a wedding photographer. It's mm-hmm. just like I think if you're good at what you do, it's not just you're there, you're part of the day, you're in there helping out in any way you can. And I think that's, right. a, you know, a great thing and that's what you want to be known as because then they go away and go, wow, that was a great experience. Rebecca was like not only, well, she helped with the dress and, you know, this happened. So I see that a lot. So how um, coming out the other side – what were some of the things that you noticed uh, that you needed to improve and what did you do after that? Absolutely be on top of it. Um, I meet with all my couples at least twice prior and make a plan, write out a time schedule. I Mm -hmm. know it's going to get messed up, but at least we have something to go by. Yep. Because they have no idea, you know, <laughs> this is their first wedding. They have no idea how long it's going to take for anything. 
So we just go through it and they really appreciate that. So you're taking on that role as expert here. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's fantastic. And some other things that I've noticed that you do, which I absolutely love, is like you, where possible, you're scoping out the location ahead of time and then you're also identifying issues on the day mm-hmm. and how to overcome them. And there was, there was one, um, do you want to explain that, where you were uh, working, uh, was it outside the church? There was a couple of issues that you, you uh, with the... Uh, it had to do with the background um, and you and your daughter that works with you as a, an assistant, we'll, we'll do a little deep dive there as well. But like, tell us about how that worked and, and how you problem solved this particular shoot. Oh, the, the last wedding yes. with, um, with the stairs. Okay. Um, <laughs> it was interesting because we were told that they really don't want the pictures in the church, not yep. the couple, but the priest, they really don't want us in the church and absolutely no amorous um, pictures in the church. Right. So what we, what we did is we, you know, still figured out how we're going to do it in the church, you know, for the group pictures afterward. And then we walked around to the front doors and noticed this isn't going to work real well because there was like a platform by the front doors, then five stairs down, another platform, five more stairs down, then a sidewalk, then the street. And behind on the other side of the street is the highway. Yeah. So luckily that part of the, or that side of the church was shaded. It was nice open shade. So that was good. Yeah. But, there is no way I could shoot with a long lens. Because you're on the freeway, I... right? You'd be on the freeway, and <laughs> yes. it's not. Yeah, it's hard to do well, that. I mean, well, I couldn't shoot with a um, wide because yep. I would be shooting straight up, and it would all be Distorted. all the lines would be wonky. Yeah, yeah. And you actually so took a shot. Only... You took a shot of that to show us, which was great. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. I talked with my daughter, told the couple what we we're going to do. And I says, all right, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to walk out those doors. I'm going to go across the street and I'm going to shoot long because the only way I can do it. And I'm going to yell. Lena can hear me. She knows what we're doing. She'll explain it to you. Yes. So you're going to walk out the door. Then you're going to take some steps down. I gave them rose petals and right on this step here, you're going to tip her back and kiss her, and the wedding party is going to throw the rose petals. Fantastic. So, so I went across the street. I yelled. Lena directed them, and we brought it through. And how do you think like that as opposed to like not even bothering? Because this is extra work, Rebecca. All of it is mm-hmm. extra work. But how do you think um, – winging it on the day, would you have thought of that or would you have just been wide and close? I probably would have gone wide and close. Yeah, and it would have been difficult, even if you had the idea on the day when everyone's bursting out, for you to go, hey, guys, I'm I'm across the street, I'm going to yell at you, it wouldn't have worked. It would have been very difficult to pull off. So I think that's 
a fantastic idea. All right, let me, let me just go back. We're, we've, we've gotten ahead of ourselves to the children okay. part and the early part. All right, so you've done your wedding. Now we're, we're um, starting to get a bit more serious. Let's um, fast forward. Like you're obviously starting to look for more content. You, you know, you, you're looking for more resources and you come in to the gold community um, mm-hmm. how did that change your approach to photography and um, what what did you notice? Uh, the first thing I did was went through your course on posing. Right. Because I had another wedding and that was phenomenal. Right. Because it, I then I went in with more confidence on how I'm going to pose this wedding party. Yeah. So... <laughs> And I have to say, this is something that you do so well um, and the way that, like, you embraced the posing of groups um, and, you know, I remember I saw that uh, straight away where you were sharing images of group shots and these were, like, all 20-plus people and they were always, you know... (laughs) And there was a bit of tweaking that we did. We workshopped a bit. I think sure, I got you to sure. keep spreading the group out more. But it's like now I see you create those shots. I think you're even doing composites now. Is that right? Like you're not afraid no. to swap heads and throw people around. And it's like it becomes like how, tell me about what goes through your mind when you're uh, planning and building a shot. Because for me it feels like. I'm building with blocks and shapes. That's what the, it's like. I go back and I'm so grateful that I spent my entire childhood playing with Lego because <laughs> it's that that's how I look. Like I have a group, I have everyone off to the side first, and then I bring in the different shapes and I, I just build, keep building out the group shot until it looks good. You know, what, how, how are you doing it and how do you think that, that obviously that large family must have helped you get with confidence <laughs> around? Because, like, most of us are introverts. I think you've just admitted to being quite shy. Um, Absolutely. So how does that work in a big group? Um, even, you know, if it's not my family, I will sit down with them first and find out, how many extra family members there are. Yep. You know, so, you know, if it's the parents and then their grown children and how many children do their children have and even get their heights, you know, get some idea what I'm playing with and then I'll go home and plan it out. Uh Uh-huh. So that when we come to the shoot, I have an idea. And I may have to tweak it a little bit, but I have an idea going in. You've got, a, you've got a visual in your mind. How much information are you sending out to the to the family before? Because it's like you cannot wing a group shot like this. If they come along and they're no. in patterns and stripes and logos, it can the wrong colours, it can be a hot mess. So are you very hands-on about the wardrobe and what sort of things are you sending out in advance I haven't really sent anything out um like I said I meet with them and we talk about you know coordinating their colors um I tell them don't wear anything that has logos no small prints or Mm. lines Mm. um 
because of that moray effect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and no um, fluorescent colors because it reflects back in the face. Uh-huh that kind of thing. I still want them to be who they are. Exactly. So, but, but you're just sort of saying, Hey, like where, who dress, how you are, but like, these are the mm. issues. And then do you actually right. go as far and say, please don't wear fluoro because it reflects back on your face. Are you going that far? Right. Cause I think that's a great idea. Yes. If, they, if you include them in the decision-making and because if you just said to someone, don't wear stripes, they're like, wearing stripes why shouldn't i wear stripes but you when you explain it they go oh right that makes sense so you're the Mm -hmm. expert and you're educating the client Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i'd want to (laughs) know yeah of course so when you're having that meet is that when you're scoping the location as well and are you um trying to meet as close to the time that you'll be shooting as possible because often when it's left to the client, they'll always schedule midday by the river, right. which looked great right. on the iPhone when Uncle Dave did it um, last year at Christmas. <laughs> right. Can we right. do this? And we want all the boats in the background. So how are you managing that? those sorts of expectations? Okay. Um, when we have that first meet, when they you know, say they'd like me to do their family pictures, we meet up and we talked about their clothing. We talk about the time of day at that point. Yep. And we will also talk about where, and then I will go scope it out after they've given me an idea of where they'd like to do it. Right. Then I go scope it out and make a plan from there. And it, and it's just like so much easier. So now it's like there's, it's, you could do these as daylight, right? It's so possible, but you're taking it to the next level. You're lighting and you're also posing and you're directing. So it's a lot, but the results are like so elevated and classy. I think you do it so well, Rebecca. So congratulations on that. Thank you. Next level, um, I think, for you has been when uh, Lena's come in as your assistant. (laughs) So tell us about that because she's uh she's only 16 right she's 16 so when did she start shooting for you she became your voice activated light stand right (laughs) right right. and what's that tell me about that as a mother because it's like my um children have assisted me um i've loved it they find it excruciating (laughs) that they they're actually like i've had them overseas with me on um shoots and they don't like it. They're like, this is really embarrassing, mum. Why do you really? ask strangers to photograph them? And then they're also um, embarrassed on set with me. They just actually can't deal at all. So um, I had to let it go. <laughs> What's it like for you? Well, um, for Lena, I mean, I've homeschooled all my children. Yeah. So... Some of my children have done theater. She did one year theater and said, no, that's not her thing. Right. So she needed an art class. I says, all right, you're doing photography. Fantastic. (laughs) So so as her mom, her teacher, uh, that's the way it was. (laughs) 
Right. So, so this is part did. of the curriculum, you clever girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then she she did fall in love with it. Yes. And so she, that first camera that I got from that I bought from Bob <laughs> is the one she uses all the fantastic. time. Fantastic. So this has been um just a, such a beautiful relationship to watch because it's like I've seen Lena's confidence grow. But, like, you know, what I love about this perspective, and I think this is great for everyone, is it's like you and I see in a certain way because it's who we are. It's, it's like how we see things is based on our lifetime of experiences or all the images we've seen up until now um, that dictates like our taste. Mm-hmm. Then we've got Lena, who's so much younger, who is seeing through the eyes of, you know, Gen Z, which is naturally <laughs> going to be different. And I think what I love when the two of, because you've got her second shooting your weddings now. Right. What mm-hmm. I love is the fact that you, um, with the more experienced eyes, a little bit more nostalgic when you take that photo, we can't help it. Like we understand the importance and the significance of every single one of these moments. Like, you know, as a as a older person, it's hard to train the camera on someone's mother or father and not know the significance of what that moment's going to have down the track, right? That photo, mm-hmm. we know. Mm-hmm. Perhaps like right. that's a bit lost on the younger kids, but, like, what Lena sees is completely different. So, like, her 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 images are a completely different take, yet because it's the two of you um, and it's like you said there's, like, what, what you said was, was really lovely. It's like you, you have this um, unspoken, like, communicate. Like, you can just, I guess you could like just... telepathy? <laughs> yes. You could just look at her and she's like, my mum's annoyed at me. I need to move closer (laughs) or like, you know, you've got that understanding or like she just knows what to do. So it's like it's a lovely and I think finding that second shooter that just gets you um, is a really nice thing. So how does that that look like for you? What's that experience been like? Oh, it's so fun. Mm. (laughs) Um, It's fun because we're playing together. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then even between like the different venues, then we discuss it and Yeah. Yeah. And even the whole next day when we're exhausted, we're just Still laughing talking about it. at yeah. each other yeah. how tired we are. Yeah. But it, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. And it's great. And it's like um d- before you had Lena, as the second shooter, did you do the weddings on your own? And just like, you know, not necessarily having your daughter, but like what would you say to any photographer who's on the fence about having an assistant or a second shooter at a wedding? Um, I've worked with my daughter, Dominique. Yep. She wasn't thrilled about it. Um, and I worked with my son, and it wasn't his thing either. However, yeah. he did go into mass media uh-huh. and he's doing video and promoting the college that he attended. So he's, he's taken a different direction. And 
then I've done a couple weddings by myself. Yes. So what was that I like think compared to that having? That was. I I think it was it, it was more stressful. Yeah. Because there's no one to bounce things off of. Right. And like even with the lights, it's it's much more difficult and. It's more slow yep. setting things up and getting it right. And you have to keep moving things yourself. Where when I have Lena, it's like she sets up the lights while I'm doing something else. Yes. So I'm directing and getting people in place. She's setting up the lights. Once the lights are ready to go, we're ready to move. Yep. And then she can read off the checklist of who's next and what's going on next yep. to make sure we get everything. And then uh, when she's my voice activated light stand, mm -hmm. she knows just how far away to move. Yeah. And she knows what I'm doing when I say, okay, now get out of the frame. You know, she yeah, knows. you don't no have to questions. ask. She doesn't have to ask again because <laughs> right. you're doing the clean play. Right. Yeah. So. Right. On that, Rebecca, like, you know, it's uh, when you do a wedding, uh, mm -hmm. it's quite easy to just like, you could do the whole thing flash on camera and you could actually skip the uh, setups and you don't need to light them and it's perfectly acceptable out there. What has uh, elevating your work and doing those extra one percenters, like doing the off-camera flash, setting up those beautiful um group shots, doing the posing and directing, how, how has that changed your photography and um, how, how it's seen out there? What, what, what do you think, does that make a difference to the uh, experience for you as well? Actually, I hate flash on camera. Right. I just am never happy with the way it turns out. Yes. So I, I use it for the procession in the church. Uh-huh. I use it at the reception a bit, but when I have, you know, the groups alone, I'd rather do off camera flash. I just, I like the way it looks. I like when I bring it up on my computer and I say, yeah, yeah, that looks so much better. Yeah. So that's, I don't know. That's how I feel about it for yeah. the documentary part fine use flash on camera but i just i really don't like it and it's a pride thing too like that you turn out these you know beautiful images that you look at and you go i did the absolute best job on the day and i threw everything at it and this is what i got and it's like you know it is it's a pride thing i think mm -hmm. um Moving forward now, it's like, so in the last couple of years, you've started getting really serious about your photography uh, and growing that business and also um, taking that work to the next level. So I've been um, pushing you out of the comfort zone a lot more and really pushing you into the, like the big thing, the big buzzword for everyone in the Goldies is about the, your creativity is your uh, greatest asset. So how has that been for you? Because you've now started uh, creating these uh, creative concepts that you've been doing. Do you want to share a couple of those? I think the, the engagement shoot you did with the uh, at the airport, I loved. And then you recently, <laughs> based on you, like, I think you did the zero to hero in five minutes. And then you, from that, straight into a commercial shoot that, like, you were chuffed about. So was I. <laughs> Uh, tell us about those two. 
Okay. Um, the airport was actually for my daughter for her engagement. She, well, they just got married in May, yeah. but he is a pilot and he would like to be a commercial pilot. So right. it just made sense to yeah. do it at the airport. So we had so much fun. Just, it was play again. Yeah. Again. When you, yeah. when you, yeah, again, yes. When you're doing something that you really enjoy, it just becomes play. Uh, we would move, you know, I had a couple ideas in mind and then we'd move and I'm going, wait a minute, there's the light, stay right there. And we just played there, you know? <laughs> and the more we did, the more, the more appeared, mm. you know? So it was just a lot of fun. Yeah. At, yeah, and the shoot and, is uh, very cool. So hopefully I'll get some of those and uh, share them in the show notes. And uh, what about the shot you did? Now, she was a beautician, was it? She's going to school. Yeah, right. She's so going to school to be a beautician. Tell, tell me about that. So I think you decided to do the shoot, but you before you did that, like you, you just gave the Zero to Hero uh, like another run through. Uh, so how right. was that? Because it's like you know how to light. How did the Zero to Hero change things for you? Okay. Um, well, when I had her come over, I had her bring different tools yep. for cosmetology. Yep. And we did a, a couple different, uh, I don't know, different poses yep. and whatnot. I only showed you one because I've been you know, editing this other thing, so right. I didn't have time to go back to them. But... Um, it was neat because I was able to see where the light was falling and really critique it and slow down because right. I knew this young woman just, and she let me slow down and we just played. And then when I had the light where I wanted, I noticed that her dark hair just blended in with the background. Right. So, so I said, okay, I'm going to light the background. I can light it and it could just, you know, be light gray or we could put a gel on it and yeah, really right. play with it yeah, cool. and <laughs> she says yeah let's do that I says what color do you want she says blue and it you know goes with her eyes I says yes let's do it and it was just perfect it was so fun it was very cool and, and this we... is in your home like you're not in a yes. studio anywhere like this can all be done in a small space I deliberately shot this in my office because I know that there's a lot of people that are shooting in their lounge room or in a spare room, and you do, and and also, right. um, you don't get the luxury out there on set. I'm always stuck in some small little studio that I have to shoot in. So we, you know, you don't get the luxury of big spaces always. So you need to be able to shoot in tiny little spaces and make the the most of it. So this was like, it's not like you had this huge space. Like you can do this no. anywhere. In, in a garage, have, in a in a small <laughs> spare room, anywhere. Yeah, we have like seven foot ceilings, so it's not even very high. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I had her sit on a box. Yeah, and that's the workaround, like for anyone who's like you know, because that is often a complaint. It's like you know, when you're using a boom, you just don't have the ceiling height. But if you're shooting headshots, they actually don't need right. to be standing; they can be sitting. And, right. you, you, you know, you could do it in a space where you've only got, you know, six-foot ceilings or seven-foot's actually very low. So that's uh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's tricky. 
Yeah. And then um, we used a blow dryer, but it wasn't blowing her hair enough. So I said, all right, we have this powerful fan right here. And we yeah. shot that right on her and really kicked her hair up. It was just fun. Yeah. And it's just like just such a cool way to create a portrait and add the little bit of uh, your personality and also uh, the model's personality. Uh, and I really love that you did that. And it's like you've created this uh, commercial quality image. And wait for it. Um, you've got speed lights, right? Um, is the AD200 uh, yeah, speed light? Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that's the, okay. uh, the yeah. Godox uh, version of a speed right. light. Uh, very yeah. uh, affordable kit. And right. uh, what's, your, what's your modifier of choice? Um, that one was the umbrella with yeah. the diffuser on front. Yeah. So it's, yeah, a simple shoot through yeah, umbrella uh, and the way mm -hmm. to double modify that to soften the light is to put a, uh, a diffuser in front of it. And from that, you would not believe that that was a, um, you know, shot with such a, a simple setup because it looks really, yeah. uh, slick and high end. So, um, that's fantastic. In terms of uh, moving forward now, you've also uh, investing a lot of time in editing. What is that? How has that changed your photography as well to actually, you know, uh, go to that next level? And again, all those one percenters and feeling uh, competent enough to be uh, working in Photoshop and removing lights from the shot and the ability <laughs> to, you know, move lights closer, swap heads around. Like you, you, it feels like you really comfortable with it now how has that uh changed your approach to photography and how you feel about it all oh i still like to get it right in camera yeah um, <laughs> yeah of course well you know um it's nice it's it's so much easier when i remember to take that clean plate it's like oh not a problem yeah um other times i feel like i'm a painter because i have to go in and really touch it up and yeah. that's a lot of work yeah but is it enjoyable I uh, love I, that I, bit. that's I'm my favorite part I, yeah I'm glad I can do it yeah yeah um like I said if I would always remember to take that clean plate it would go much faster yeah right <laughs> but there's workarounds for that too. yeah have you tried um content aware fill the new one in oh. photoshop for those mistakes where you forget to take the clean plate? Content. Is that the spot healing? Or is it's it like, something It's a different? new... Um, uh, I'll have yeah, to look. There's a tutorial on that. But for the listeners, okay. um, if you have the latest version of Photoshop mm -hmm. um, and you want to remove a person, a photo bomber or something from the shot that wasn't intended to be there, um, uh, check out... Photoshop's content aware fill have a play with it it's um the, the AI it's brilliant like I did a shot where I had someone on the beach they were in front of boats and there was one plate where I forgot to get a clean plate so I've got my light in the shot and I was able to remove my entire light and the and the boom and everything behind it were actually boats and sails and water and things like that and it did a phenomenal job. It's like, it's brilliant. It really is. So it's worth, uh, worth playing with. Um, all right, Rebecca, that's, uh, amazing. What, what's, um, 
What's the next five years look like? What's your goals? What, what, where, do you, where do you want to see yourself in five years' time as a photographer? Well, short term, um, I'm going to graduate Lena by yeah. December. Uh-huh. So we have to take another science class. Right. So the science that she is going to do is the science of photography. <laughs> I love how you think. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to Imaging USA. Oh, brilliant. In, in January. Yep. And um, we did it online last year, both yep. of us. Yeah. And she loved it as yep. well. So yep. that was cool. Yeah. So we'll go in person this year. Fantastic. And we'll see where that takes us. Um, I'm, I do want to build the business more, if not for myself, for her. Yeah, because fantastic. she says this is really what she would like to do. Uh, Mostly she wants to be a mom. Yeah, right. But this is something she can do and be a mom. Of course. So. <laughs> That's brilliant. I um. I'm very excited about Lena's future and yours is looking really bright too. I thank you for coming on the show and chatting with us today. I love working with you. You're um, amazing uh, as a student and I love your work ethic and I love how you think and how you work. So it's been an absolute pleasure working with you. I look forward to, to doing that continually and uh, also, yeah, thanks again for the chat today and uh, wishing you nothing but joy and success to you and your eight children and <laughs> 11 grandchildren and all the rest of it. Uh, enjoy. It sounds like a wonderful life. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Gina. This has been delightful. There you go. There's Rebecca Martin. I hope you enjoyed that chat with her. You can check her out on Instagram at Rebecca S. Martin. That's Rebecca S. for Sam Martin. I don't think it's actually for Sam, but it's S for Sam between Rebecca and Martin. All right, so we will be back next week with another episode of So You Want to Be a Photographer. In the meantime, well, I'm in lockdown in Sydney, so I'm really trying to use this time to get some of my creativity admin under control. And by that, I mean having systems or creating or refining the systems that I have so that I can make sure that I can spend more time on my creativity, but also all aspects of creativity have some level of system process and admin. So... That's been a challenge, <laughs> but uh, it's something that I am working through. And as a result, it's um, because I'm creating systems and processes and flows, it makes things easier. And I don't kind of put off a lot of that admin because I'm dreading it. And as a result, I don't feel that burden that, oh, I really need to get get, get to that. I don't feel guilty when I'm delving into my creativity that I haven't done all this other stuff. So, you know, maybe lockdown's good for something, I suppose. All right. Thanks, everyone. You'll find Gina usually over at ginamilitia.com. If you want to um, connect with her on social media, she's at Gina Militia on all the socials. And, of course, um, just go to her website and click on membership if you want to find out more about how to work with her 
in the gold community. You'll find me at Valerie Koo, that's K-H-O-O, on Twitter and Instagram and over at ValerieKoo.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we look forward to chatting to you again next time. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit GinaMilitia.com. 